Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us here on AFR. Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Welcome back, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Hope you had a good July 4th weekend. I did. It was excellent. What'd you do? Uh, Got some stuff done around in the yard, in the house, and then just chilled. Uh Ate some stuff. Yeah. I got some writing done. Did you grill out? No, man. It's too hot to grill out. I just I just told my wife to get in that kitchen and cook me something. I just went over to my brother's let him grill out. <laughs> huh? I, actually, I'm just saying that because I don't think my wife's listening right now. <laughs> anyway, Fred. Note me. to Ed's wife. <laughs> Diane. <laughs> Woman, get in that kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's Sam. Yeah, right. <laughs> Folks, I hope, I, I hope you know I'm just kidding. Good morning, Fred Jackson. Good morning. Good to be here. By the way, when is... Uh, when does Canada celebrate uh, the equivalent of our we July did 4th? last Thursday? Yeah, we celebrated. That's what I thought. July yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's we had a good time talking about Canada and Canada's uh, what it means to they, us. Now, when when they did they they broke away from England too, right? That well or from Great Britain. Not really, uh, yeah. because they're still part of the British Commonwealth. It's called, uh, but they decided for the most part they're independent. Yes, but they they keep that little thread. England in place. Canada still has a governor general, for example, who who is the formal representative of the Queen in, in Canada. But in 1867, uh, a bunch of uh, Canadian leaders got together in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. And that's when they decided to put together this confederation, which was prior to that time known as Upper and Lower Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, Upper Canada being Ontario and that that area, Lower Canada being warmer, be, being the Maritimes. What's that? Being warmer, Lower uh, Lower Canada, Lower Canada, <laughs> no. being warmer. warmer. No, actually, so, so, actually, you know, it's really interesting you say that. Yeah, Toronto is about on the same latitude as Boston. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Toronto is way oh, down there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's right across from Niagara. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw a funny meme last week. Somebody, some British guy, there was a meme getting passed around. It said uh, on, on the 4th of July, for the 4th of July, it said, Happy Rebellion Day, ungrateful colonials. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that is funny. All right. So at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to be talking to Congressman Mo Brooks from Alabama. Now, he is running for the United States Senate uh, in Alabama. Uh, and uh, he, he um, will, whoever wins that race will be replacing Richard Shelby, longtime Republican senator from, uh, from Alabama. Anyway, so we'll be talking to Congressman Mo Brooks coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then Steve Jordahl will join us at 11.05. And as always, we appreciate you listening. If you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube. Just type in today's issues it's very simple today's issues facebook or youtube you can watch the show there Uh, on the facebook page we post the stories that we talk about here so you can have access to the information firsthand there that we are discussing here on today's issues should you want to send us an email 
long as it's positive and encouraging, <laughs> uh, go just send it to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. All right, uh, Fred, what's leading the news this morning? Breaking news uh, right now. Former President Trump is announcing uh, he's planning to uh, launch a lawsuit against Facebook and Twitter, who he accuses of censoring him. And uh, we're actually looking at a picture right now. He's at his golf course in New Jersey uh, where he's going to make this announcement. He believes he's been treated unfairly uh, by those social media platforms. And so uh, he is launching that lawsuit today. So that, that is the breaking news as it's happening. In fact, he hasn't even said it yet. But we yeah, told you. We're watching a video uh, of uh, somebody. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brooke Rollins, I think, president and CEO America First Policy Institute speaking first. Mm-hmm. The former president standing behind her mm-hmm. uh, as she speaks on the microphone. I wonder, I wonder how that'll work because aren't those private companies? They are private companies. They argue that they are platforms. Right. Oh, here and, we go again with the dog chasing the tail. Yeah. Uh, okay. Platform publisher. I'm, I'm I guessing. I would like to break that down for about 30 minutes. I think our <laughs> listeners would thoroughly enjoy that discussion. Because we have done it in yes, the past. We, yes. And, and it, it, it was very exciting. So to, what, to your first question, they are yeah. private companies. So I'm not sure how that works. You can sue companies, uh, but. He is suing over, he believes, his right has been taken away uh, for political reasons. I agree so. I agree with him, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that uh, also uh, private companies can do business with who they want to most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not always true, but most of the time they can uh, discriminate if they want to. And, and let me just say this. In America, anyone can sue anyone. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't mean that he's got the former president has a good case. I would also say this. That uh, without having heard his speech, it may simply be that he would, if if he can get prevent a judge from dismissing the lawsuit, if they can do depositions and they do discovery, they hmm. could find a treasure trove of internal communications that would highlight the need to take further action. Good against point. Social. Good point. So, yeah. Sometime it's the process. Yes. Versus the end result. Right. And yeah. He doesn't need money. No, I'm guessing. So this may be about maybe about him also starting a an alternative to these companies. You know, Twitter was the one who um, the company uh, Facebook too, I believe, who would not cover the Hunter Biden story. Mm-hmm. That's correct, and wouldn't let anyone else post anything about it either. The Hunter yes. Biden the Hunter Biden story, which was a few weeks away from the election, mm-hmm. where he where he. Uh, had left his laptop at a computer repair store uh-huh. and he forgot to pick it up. <laughs> There's a lot I could say about that right there, <laughs> but I'll just move on to say he, he either forgot he, for some reason he forgot to pick up his computer that he dropped off at the yes, uh, repair for some store reason. <laughs> happens often. And uh, so, um, after a year, the computer become, becomes the, uh, after a year or something like that becomes the property of the store. Right. And the gentleman who owned the store, I guess, told the FBI, turned the, turned it over to the FBI. Anyway, the point is there was a bunch of salacious stuff on that computer, uh, and emails 
uh, to Hunter Biden about his business operations in China, all kind of, uh, all U- kind of Ukraine. Ukraine, all kind of tawdry stuff too. Yes, that <laughs> it's it's uh, that that was it would have been embarrassing to anybody else, I guess. But Hunter, I don't think it bothered. I don't know if it bothered him or not being showed up in his briefs there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, with the crack pipe hanging out his face. Anyway, as I said, uh, that was uh, that was a big story, especially the financial connections between he and China and his father, who was then VP. Mm-hmm. And then after he was VP, uh, there was no uh, investigative journalism done on that by the mainstream media. Uh, because because they wanted to protect Joe Biden, yes, because it right. could cost him uh, enough to lose the election to President Trump. So, Probably would yeah. have cost him the election. Yeah. Remember what Joe Biden said? We're in the the last part of the campaign, and he said, "I have nothing to do with my son's business." Needs. I don't know anything about it. He don't said. know anything. Don't about talk it. to him about it. Right. But the emails proved that was a yeah, lie. Exactly. So, so we know. That was not true. What what uh, Joe Biden candidate was saying at the time that he and nobody believed it. Right. You don't have a you don't have a close relationship as he claimed to have with his son, and you don't talk at all about his business. Yeah. yeah. That's that's nobody believes that. But the media didn't want to investigate that at all. There's no and 60, so a lot of people didn't know it. Right. Sixty Minutes doesn't want to do a, a story on that. Right. Twenty twenty whatever, and Facebook and YouTube. But what they decided to do was censor it. Mm-hmm. They decide. They they decided we're not going to allow this on our platforms. This information about Hunter Biden, and and so it, to your point in court, you might could prove that this was politically motivated. Well, I don't know if that's going to be part of the case, but uh, it was politically motivated because Twitter and Facebook were all in with Biden being elected. They wanted Trump out, mm-hmm. so they tried to protect him. But that's just one example of big social media bias against the president uh, leading up to the uh, leading up to the election. But we'll see what the president, I'm talking about President Trump, former President Trump, what he has to say today. He is talking now to the media and, uh, and uh, we'll see what he says today about what, what the lawsuit is going to be about and what it's going to uh, incorporate. That's kind of interesting. The headline says is, not uh, is naming not only Facebook and Twitter, but also the people who run it, Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey. Yeah, you know Dorsey apologized for Twitter, not for banning the story about Hunter Biden and the laptop. Now they didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It was too late. Right. But he did uh, apologize before Congress. He said that that should not have happened, which is uh, a case for the legitimacy of a lawsuit yeah yep. you know mm-hmm. jack dorsey the uh, creator uh of the ceo founder of uh twitter I'm talking about all right red next story all right uh elsa stayed a tropical storm has dumped a lot of rain along the west coast of florida and is now moving up into georgia didn't it get up to hurricane speed uh not quite not hurricane quite one uh, it kind of sheared. I was lied to again by the mainstream media. <laughs> no, no. I, I read where it got up to Hurricane One. I've, uh, last, last I heard was they were warning it could. Yes, I'm, I'm not sure that right. I ever heard that it but, did. Tropical storm Elsa. Hey, so lots of rain. Okay, Elsa. Anybody else? Don't. D- don't. Oh yeah, I did this yesterday. I, th- I might be the only one. 
So Elsa's hitting Disney World today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, I was hey, I was that's trying good. to work in a. It, I I didn't want to. You don't want to joke about a, no you know, a storm devastation, devastation yeah. of a storm. But you know, let it go didn't enter my mind. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with our yes, listeners. Yes, yes, and now it won't leave. No, <laughs> your mind. Yeah. Uh, so um, it is a it is a tropical storm. It's hitting the west coast, uh, west central coast of Florida, Florida right? moving and, up to Georgia and. Going to cut across, and now the folks along the Georgia coast are getting ready, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to get a dump of rain. Now, the one good thing it missed Surfside, Florida, for the most part, uh, where the recovery efforts continue there. I should say rescue efforts, but because they took down the remaining tower <clears throat> early Sunday morning, they said that would allow the rescue workers to get in deeper inside the rubble into the bedrooms of those condominiums. And since I came in this morning, just after 6.30, uh, they have recovered at least a dozen more bodies uh, from there. There are still dozens of, of people still missing. I think this terminology that is there. But this rescue effort, I think soon to be called recovery effort, is uh, moving along more quickly now. And... Um, this will bring some finality, at least to families, that sort of thing. So now it is moving more quickly because they don't have to worry about that other structure. That other down. structure coming, coming down, coming, which that coming. looming over your head as you're working, that that must have been very unnerving for those yeah, workers. They did the right thing by taking yeah. that other building down. But uh, you know, you look at the pictures, and you, our, our prayers are with these rescue people. I mean, it's still dangerous work. Yes. Uh, let's not dismiss that at all. Uh, but slowly but surely, they're working their way through that. And uh, I, I do believe within the next day or so, it'll be called a recovery effort. Yeah. Uh, because we are now day 14 since this uh, this collapse occurred. All right. Um, I'm going to give you a little sound effect here. What does that sound like? Mm. Sounds like someone knocking at the door. Somebody's someone, ringing the bell. Someone ringing the bell, knocking at your door. Do me a favor. <laughs> open the door. And I will come what in. What song is that? You, you want, come up with. You come up I, with these. I, well, I want to. You're on it today. I want to. I almost want to think that's the Beatles or Paul McCartney. Anyway, that I, song. I think it is Paul McCartney. It is Paul oh, McCartney. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Well, the knock on the door could well be one of President Joe Biden's friends. And they would like to come into your house, and they would like to check your arm to see if you have a hole there, vaccination <laughs> hold. Unless you think I am joking about this, this is President Joe Biden yesterday talking about the next step because he sees the people who have not gotten a vaccination yet as being a problem. Cut number one. So please get vaccinated now. It works. It's free, and it's never been easier, and it's never been more important. Do it now for yourself and the people you care about, for your neighborhood, for your country. It it sounds corny, but it's a patriotic thing to do. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. 
Yeah, that's going to go over well. We're here from the government. <laughs> We're here to help you. We're here to. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me just play the part of the liberal here for just a second. Just you a go. Second. You go. Now, my understanding from what the president said is they're going to go door to door. It, this is still creepy, so don't don't make don't misunderstand me. All right. To see if you want a shot, right. and we're not able to get one. That that that's what he's saying. They're not going to go door to door and say bend over and tell you you <laughs> must you a get shot. a shot. Yeah, right. yeah. So although I, I, I think I, the shots in the in the arm, not the rear. Uh, it is. But yeah, at least my mine, mine but, was. But you know what? You are right, given the climate that we are in today, to be suspicious because if you say no, thank you. I wonder, do they I, write the name down on a piece of paper? I think that's good. Exactly George at one hundred and five yeah, Park Street. I, 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 I don't think he intended it. All right, I'm going to be to the left of you, I guess, right here. <laughs> good. I, I don't. By what he said right there, okay. He's he's talking about it in the way that you're talking about it. He's talking about, uh, you know, hey, we're here. Would you like a vaccine? You know, it's available. We have it outside here in the truck. Uh, no, thank you. Okay, well, have a nice day. But we all know that that can turn into what Fred said. I don't agree with it. Okay, yes. Let me just be clear. I don't agree with what he said. Do right. Uh, as innocent as it could sound, just hearing him talk like that. But uh, I don't. I don't agree with the government going around knocking on doors. You know, like they're like the census people do. Right. And, and writing your name down. Uh, so, Mr. Wellman, you, so you're saying to us that you're declining a, a vaccination. Because uh, I, think, I think Fred's exactly right. I think that they will keep records. When I said I was just, I just wanted to make sure people understood what the president was saying. He wasn't saying way over here. But I think it turns into sure it now does. we have a record of who is not vaccinated. And I tell you why I'm doubly suspicious, because over the last two or three days, and I think the, uh, the president said this yesterday, too. They keep saying 99 percent of the new covid cases are people who have not had a vaccination. Right. They keep repeating that. Talking about the variants. Yes. They keep repeating that over and over again, as if to say we're. we're we're making a circle around these people who are, for one reason or the other, are not taking a vaccination. Yes. What he's trying to do, in my view, and and a lot of the left-wing media, and they're trying to shame people yes. who are, are not vaccinated, and they're trying not only shame them, they're trying to say they're the problem. Yes. That this won't go away. Right. Is because of these people who won't get a vaccination. Um, that's that's clearly what's at work. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think it's even arguable that that's what's happening. That's the attitude of the federal government. And what, what Fred described is what will happen. They will have their registry of people who have not been vaccinated. If they have their way. If they have their way. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, who is the medical expert on Fox, he had this to say the Senate to re in responding to the president. And Jen Psaki, by the way, repeated the same thing at the White House briefing yesterday uh, on this going door to door. He says this is a conversation when it comes to vaccinations. 
It's a conversation that should take place between the individual and their doctor. Cut seven. I don't think we have to allow Biden to bang on our door with a syringe yet and say, here's a vaccine after he doubted the vaccine to begin with. It brings home a more important point. Who is it you should have the conversation with about whether to have the vaccine or not? Who? Your physician, someone like me, a primary care person who can tell you the risks and the benefits, the risks of the virus, the benefits of the vaccine, the risks of the vaccine. I do that in my office every single day. President Biden doesn't know how to do that. And his minions should not be doing that. Who who is that? Dr. Mark Siegel. Okay. Yes. As I say, he's a medical expert that you see on Fox quite frequently. I, I think it's I think it's a good thing anytime you can get the word minion into a com- into a yeah, discussion. I agree. Because I minion could. just Right. Well minion used to be kind of a sinister word until those mm-hmm. cartoons came out. And then minions were, were fun and lovable. <laughs> but these kinds of minions don't sound fun and lovable. Mm-hmm. Anything? Any thoughts on that, Fred? No, uh, I just I'm I'm just mighty suspicious of where all of this is going because I see more and more. You'll see signs outside of doors now. Uh, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask going in. Now right. they're not checking you at the door. Right. They're putting signs on the door saying that you don't have to have the mask. And now the debate is coming in various jurisdictions across the country uh, for uh, kids going back to school, universities, kids going back to public schools. There is going to be a very, at the very least, pressure campaign on parents to get your kids vaccinated. Yeah. Or they'll say, okay, you don't have to, and this is, again, that's it's kind of the peer pressure thing, is that, okay, you just have to tell us your kid has not been vaccinated because we're going to put Johnny over here in the classroom. Or they have to wear a mask. Or they have to wear a mask. It's the same kind of isolation. So this, it's, it may not be uh, no mask, you can't come to school. It may be no mask. We're going to put you over here. Uh, explain, we're going to put you in a yeah. circle over here. Yeah. Explain to me again why, and I don't mean to sound like smarty here, Although it's going to come across that way to some people. Explain to me again why, if you're vaccinated, Fred, why you give a rip whether I am or not. Mm-hmm. Explain to me. Um, it's, I'm, the floor is open. <laughs> Ed, Fred, either uh, one of you. Why, if you're if you're vaccinated, why do you care whether I am or not? Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm not defending. Ahead, I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm not defending this. I think the reasoning is, let's say I'm vaccinated and you're not. Right. I will not get COVID, but I can still get the virus from you and spread it to someone else who's not vaccinated. I won't get sick, but you give it, you give me the virus. It doesn't cause me to be sick, but I can pass it on to grandma. I think that's the reasoning. I can still be a carrier of it, even though it doesn't make me sick. Okay, Fred. Any thoughts on what Ed just, Doctor Ed just shared there? <laughs> just, I, is that I'm not, true? I'm not sure. I think I'm not true? sure of the science on that. Is that true? I, I I'm just guessing that if you have the antibodies, that you could actually still pass it on to somebody. The, else. Anti- the I, antibodies respond to the presence of a virus. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is the purpose of the vaccine to create the conditions where my body fights the virus off. But I think I can still get the virus and pass it along. Okay, and what do you say to the parents of the 13-year-old in Michigan who died 
a day after getting a vaccine. I'm not. I'm not going to explain. I, I'm. I don't want to defend no, the I, policy. I, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm just saying. You're reading about these stories, mm-hmm. and, and where this uh, does it, heart inflammations. Right. I mean, I'm. As I said yesterday, those are real stories. Those are real factors that you right. have to consider when you look into the uh, benefits uh, uh, or not of having a vaccine. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Jan Markell of Understanding the Times Radio. What a year this has been. Just a little over half into it now, and we were invaded by an invisible enemy, a virus, and, well, maybe, just maybe, life as we knew it will never come back. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, on American Family Radio and on Facebook. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. President Biden announced he will send government agents door-to-door to find out whether or not you and your family have been vaccinated The president rolled out a new plan to get people to take the China virus vaccine. This after the administration came up far short of their goal to vaccinate at least 70 percent of adults. I reckon those government agents are going to be received about as well as a vacuum cleaner salesman or one of those religious groups peddling magazines. Your medical history is not the government's business, nor is it the business of the U.S. military or your local airport. Long before the days of TikTok and Facebook, there was something in this country called the right to privacy. And for those of you who might think this is a good idea, today the government may be knocking on your door to get your medical history. Tomorrow, they might be asking for your guns. Be sure to order my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at ToddStarns.com.
AFA Accident. Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revow your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14-16 American Family Radio this is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here with Ed Patagliano and Fred Jackson. I was mentioning before the break, uh, there is a news story it, uh, out about this 13-year-old boy in Michigan. I'm reading from The Independent, which is a British website, British news website. It says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is investigating the death of a 13-year-old boy from Michigan who died several days after his second coronavirus vaccine. Um, now, they have yet to confirm they're doing an autopsy on this young boy that's very, very sad. Uh, it could have been coincidental. Okay, he could have died of something else. Just coincidentally, he had got the vaccine, second shot of the vaccine. So we don't know absolutely yet whether this directly related to the to the vaccine. But I'm, I'm, this is the first story I've read about things like this happening. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, you know, when, when you're talking about this, too, you have to consider there are millions of people who've received the vaccine and when you when you do something with that amount of people some people are going to be affected negatively by anything right right we we all we all know that negatively uh but this was to the point of death if if this if this uh if this was directly related to the to the vaccine this 13 year old boy my question would be Fred's question, or question, you can do this, Tim. <laughs> question, why is a 13-year-old kid getting a vaccine for COVID? They don't even, they're not even affected. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm going, they're not even affected by COVID at all, 13-year-olds. Um, um, and again, there's a lot that we don't yeah, know about sure. the situation unless, you know, the school he was going to or the ball required team. Required it. Required it. Required said, it. You, you got to be vaccinated. But that was when I would say, no school, you should not require a 13 year old to get a vaccine mm -hmm. for COVID mm -hmm. because right. it doesn't 
the risk reward, so to speak, doesn't uh, doesn't make sense because uh, young people, I would say, young people thirty and under, are not affected by the COVID very much at all. Rare that you see a situation where somebody gets really, really sick as a 23-year-old. 20, you know right. what I'm saying? So to say you got to put a vaccine in your bloodstream uh, or you can't go to school here at this middle school or whatever just seems uh, irresponsible and unnecessary, to say the least. So I guess we'll the CDC is looking into this 13-year-old boy dying in Michigan after receiving the COVID, uh, COVID vaccine. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Well, uh, Senator Richard Shelby uh, from Alabama, the longtime Republican there, is retiring. And so his, uh, that, that uh, seat is up for grabs, as they say. And one of the uh, gentlemen who's thrown his hat in the ring for the Senate race is Congressman Mo Brooks from the Huntsville area, representing Alabama's 5th District. And uh, he joins us now on the phone. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. This is Tim. It's good to, good to hear from you again. We've we met a couple of times. Yep. What kind of impression? Thank you for all you're doing, helping people to better understand the challenges that we face as a country. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We are heard on a, a, a lot of stations around the state of Alabama, of course, nationally. Um, I did get it right. You do represent the 5th District, right? Where does that encompass? Uh, the 5th Congressional District in Alabama is bordered on the east by Georgia, on the west by Mississippi. We have the entire Alabama-Tennessee line. Basically, it's referred to as the Tennessee Valley. Gotcha. Why are you running for Senate? to try to have a bigger impact on public policy in the direction of the United States of America. We have major, major challenges as a country right now. We've got these dadgum socialists who, for some reason, think that they can impose dictatorial socialism on us with better results than we've seen in every other country that's experimented with socialism. They have to be stopped. Uh, that's a big issue. We've got the degrading of our moral values, and our moral values are our compass that guide us as a country to do the right thing with our power rather than the wrong thing. And these socialists hate moral values. They're undermining them every which way we go. And, of course, since moral values are our compass, that's ultimately going to result in our going wayward instead of doing the right thing for our country, uh, the wrong thing. Then you've got border security on the southern border. We've got... Uh, what will soon be a $30 trillion debt that we're encumbering our future generations with and that risk an American insolvency and bankruptcy. So we can just go on down the list. There are lots of issues, but the bottom line is this. As a United States senator, you have a better ability to impact public policy than you do as a mere member of the House of Representatives. Other than that, there's really no problems uh, <laughs> facing our country. Other than that, uh, everything's going well. Right. Other than that, everything's going well. Well, how long have you been uh, representing the people there in the 5th District? I've been blessed to represent the people of the Tennessee Valley for what will be 12 years when my term is up. Um, I was elected as a part of the Tea Party wave in 2010, 
uh, when we unseated Nancy Pelosi. And that fight has been going ongoing ever since, not only with the Socialist Democrats, but also with the rhino Republicans, uh, what I call the weak-kneed Republicans, the debt-junkie Republicans, the special interest group Republican Republicans, who torpedoed us in 2017 and 2018, which is one of the big reasons why we did not successfully do what we said we would do when we had the House, the Senate, and the White House with President Trump. Uh well, you just about answered my question there with your very forthright uh, yeah. examination of your own party. Uh, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask you. There, there are in Washington, in the least in the United States Senate, and I'm talking about on the Republican side. There are what I would call a a a few, maybe more than a handful, but there are a few fighters, and I could name them right here. Uh, there are a few fighters in the United States Senate. And then there are the people that uh, vote the right way, but they sit on the back bench. And you hardly ever hear from them, especially when it re- in regards to anything controversial. And they're just collecting a paycheck, basically. And they do vote basically how their constituents would want them to vote because they want to be reelected. We don't have time for backbenchers anymore, Okay. We have to have fighters in Washington, D.C., in the United States Senate. And will you be, I know the answer to this before I ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, will you be one of those fighters if you were elected? Absolutely. Our country is worth fighting for. Uh, America is the best nation in world history. There are foundational principles that have made us that way. And if we're going to continue to be a great nation, if we're going to continue to have the most wealth per capita of any uh, country uh, on the planet, then by golly, we need to fight for it. And right now, these dictatorial socialists, they're on the march. Uh, these amoral uh, people in society, they're on the march. We're losing. They're winning. And the reason that they're winning is that they fight for the values that they hold, even though they're bad values. While we on our side, we have too many, as you say, backbenchers who sometimes, maybe more often than not, vote right, but enough times collectively. In our own ranks, we have some that vote no so often that they may as well be Democrats. And that's why we're losing so many of these important issues just one by one by one. So, yeah, I, yeah, I love my uh, country. America is a great place to be. And our ancestors had to fight to make us who we are. And it's our job today to fight to keep us who we are. And that is the greatest nation in world history. We're joined by Congressman Mo Brooks, who represents the 5th District of Alabama, and he is a candidate on the Republican side for the United States Senate in Alabama, uh, the, the voters there will decide who to replace Richard Shelby as he is uh, retiring. Congressman Brooks, thank you uh, so much. It was great to meet you in person a couple different times, and we wish you the very best. Well, thank you, and that's uh, in your hands and in the hands of those who uh, listen to your words of wisdom. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate it. All right. Y'all have it. a good day. You too. That's Congressman Mo Brooks. That is a his district runs from Georgia to the Mississippi line. line. Did he say all the way to Tennessee line? Yeah, the Tennessee Valley. Tennessee Valley. So Georgia to Mississippi. Yep. It sounds like a country song, (laughs) doesn't it? Really, Georgia to Mississippi. Georgia to Mississippi. People of the Tennessee Valley. Valley. Right. 
take me home. Something, <laughs> something there. Something, we can work on that. Country I think, roads. I think West Virginia's already got that. Oh, okay. They, they already use that as their state song. <laughs> so we're going to have to find another one. Uh, <laughs> Sounds right. like we're in the that process. Is the, that is the, uh, you know, the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, which is uh, the uh, electricity, where we get the electricity right. from in this part of the country. Uh, it's called that because the Tennessee River runs through runs through West Tennessee, then down into Alabama, then back up into Tennessee, Chattanooga, Knoxville. But it does run to Huntsville, so it's called the Tennessee. you care about this, Ed? I'm just enthralled. Yes, I, I can't okay. get enough. Please anyway, continue. I'll give you some more TVA uh, <laughs> background. We'll talk about that over lunch, okay? Okay. Okay, you're I listening to – wait. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Ed and Fred. Fred, next story. Well, you know, we were talking before we were on the air. The whole critical race theory has just infiltrated every area of our culture right now, uh, including our military and certainly our education system. There, uh, there's been controversy about the military. We've heard that uh, pro-critical race theory material is now on the reading list for Navy officers. Uh, a professor at the Air Force Academy wrote an editorial in the New York Times the other day. Her name is Lynn Chandler Garcia. Uh, she is defending the teaching. Now, they don't like calling it. Be, be careful of this, folks. They say, oh, we're not doing critical race theory, but here's what we are doing. I'm hearing this over and over again. you got to look at the teaching materials. It is critical race theory. And now uh, you have the uh, head of the American Federation of Teachers uh, the president, her name is Randy Weingarten. Uh, they're holding a conference this week or in recent days. She is even saying the union, the teachers union, is going to hire lawyers to force teachers to have the right to indoctrinate kids with critical race theory. We know how parents, Loudoun County, across the country, we have Republican state gover governments that are passing laws against the teaching of CRT. Now the teachers union says we're going to get lawyers to force the right of our teachers to indoctrinate kids with CRT. Here she is, Randy Weingarten, cut number eight. Mark my words. Our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go, and we are preparing for litigation as we speak. Teaching the truth is not radical or wrong. Distorting history and threatening educators for teaching the truth is what is truly radical and wrong. Yeah. She's been listening to Biden too much, I think, with that whisper and stuff. That, yeah, that huh? uh, listen, this is this is this is a very this is a very real threat to the constitutional republic that we have. And let me tell you, in this battle of ideas, labels matter. That's why, for example, uh, I'm pro-life. I call those who are in favor of abortion pro-abortion. Years ago, the other side of that issue said, no, we're pro-choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that is a different word that has a different connotation to it than pro-abortion. Okay, so when she says and when others who are promoting critical race theory say we're not teaching critical race theory, we're teaching true history. 
They are trying to change the narrative because they know as people focus on critical race theory, everything within the circle that critical race theory teaches uh, that is being taught is for the majority of Americans going to be very, very bad. People are not going to like it. You can see this movement. So they're trying to disorient people to say, we're trying to teach true history. They're not trying to teach true history. They're teaching one perspective on history that comes from the radical left. Moreover, the whole battlefront here is fought because public education in this country over the last two or three decades has moved and shifted its ideology, the, its foundational ideas to this perspective. The kids are ours parents not yours mm -hmm. we'll teach them that they can get an abortion without a parental notification we'll teach them ungodly and immoral things about human sexuality without your opinion we're going to teach x y and z because they have to go to school that's the law we run the school that's where the money goes and we teach your kids not you yeah. and that you can clearly hear coming out they are going to teach kids what they want to teach them, regardless of what parents think. And they, 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 they talk about teaching history, but what they spin it into is, ha, ah, look at what's happening. We have these racist white police officers that are killing innocent black people out there. And then they say there's systemic racism throughout the whole system uh, that, you know, if you're born white, you are an oppressor. If you're born another color, you are the oppressed. So it's not just about I, I don't conservatives don't have a problem with teaching honest history. Right. They don't have a problem with that. Which has been taught for generations. The good, the bad, the ugly. Right. Of of what has happened uh in over the last couple of hundred years. But that is not the point. The where they want to indoctrinate kids right now to a political agenda. And and let me let me spell out that political agenda. Most of our listeners probably understand this already. By the way, let me also say it's not just public schools; it is private schools too, yes. going crazy with this stuff. Yes. So here's the agenda. Here's what the radical left is after: the end of the Constitution and the end of the constitutional republic we have. Yes. Because the argument is, and has been, with this critical race theory and everything else that they call it that's taught in this big circle of ideas. This country was founded on racism. The founding men, the founding fathers were racist. The Constitution was racist. The Declaration of Independence was racist. We just heard that over the 4th of July. The country is infested with it. That's why there is still systemic racism. We got to tear it all down and start over. Yeah. That is what, that is the agenda. And that is the argument that is going to be made. And they're starting with defund the police. And there were some radical voices that uh, that said, we don't even need police. We're okay. just going to turn it over to social workers. You remember that a year ago? Yes. Okay. They're going to go piecemeal. Yes. That's what they're after. One of the people who agrees with you about your warning, Ed, that you have just articulated so well is the former uh, education secretary under Ronald Reagan. That's Bill Bennett. Listen to what he had to say in the last couple of days about the war the cultural war that's going on in this country he calls it a cultural civil war cut number five we are in a cultural civil war we are more divided than we have been i think ever in this country 
Yes, we were divided horribly in the Civil War, 700,000 dead. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. And this cultural civil war is raging. The problem is the left keeps disparaging whatever symbol we talk about to bring us together. The flag, article in the New York Times said, well, maybe the flag, uh, we should give it up because it's the property of the Trump people. You know, they, uh, they, they run around with so many flags. Fourth of July, you just, you just cited the evidence. I'm all for unity. I'm all for bringing us together when we can. But the people have to win this cultural struggle or we lose this constitutional republic. The stakes are that high. And, you know, the signs of encouragement are in that parents are waking up. We have seen the, the battle royal that's underway right now in Loudoun County in Virginia. That is being repeated across the country. I mentioned just a few moments ago there are Republican state governments that are now passing laws against the teaching of critical race theory. Again, these laws aren't about stop teaching all our history. Right. It's stop indoctrinating our kids to hate one another. That's what it comes down to. And to hate our country. And to, and hate, to hate our country. Our country. Uh, yeah, they're trying to create a race, a race war mm-hmm. to racial divide. And we might talk about this with Steve next hour because this is a part of the communistic communism's this was articulated decades ago by people who wanted to promote communism in America and their game plan had this, what we're discussing as part of it. Um, let me ask you this, uh, uh, critical race theory. There's still a lot of people educating themselves about what this is and how to spot it. Okay. It is a curriculum. A is a, program, if you will, being promoted in, especially in now public schools and in, especially in blue states and some private schools as well as colleges and universities and even in some corporations I've seen are putting this as part of their human resources department to push it on all their employees. Where is the best place people can go to read? I know Mickey. Uh, Addison, for us, uh, who has a show with Will, her husband, in the afternoon from 2 to 3 o'clock, she has done as much study on this as anybody. So you can certainly listen to Miki and Will. Uh, but uh, we, well, we, 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 have a C, we have a DVD coming out. We, we hear at AFA that Miki did for us. Yes. Uh, when will if, that be available? Uh, well, I think it is. Uh, I'm looking right now to see if it's out on the store. Uh, but Miki Addison, uh, who is, and and uh, Abraham Hamilton III uh, has, yeah, too, has yeah. also been speaking a lot uh, about it. Um, so coming soon, it says, Cultural Institute, A Biblical Response to Critical Race Theory with Miki Addison. You're reading from our AFA website? Um, from the uh, AFA resources, okay. go to afastore.net. It will be available uh, July 16th. Okay. Online. So we'll let you know, and maybe we'll have Mickey on. That'd be then. a great idea. Because she, 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 and her husband Will, like you said, uh, Abe Hamilton, they have really looked into this and have done a lot of background research. We're not, we're not anything we've said about critical race theory. We're not making this up. This is stuff that the people themselves have been saying, and the roots of this movement is very real. It is an existential threat to our constitutional republic, even as we all should be in agreement that, yes, 
There have been things in our country's past that were wrong, sinful. We agree on that, but that's not enough for those who teach critical race theory. They are going way beyond. We're we're on stolen land. This is what these people say. Mm -hmm. Right. We're on stolen land. That's what the, the, the... Congresswoman, part of the squad the other day from uh, Cory Bush. Cory Bush, the, the uh, liberal, well, beyond liberal uh, right. congresswoman from the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to push. They want to push this uh, stolen land. By stolen land, I mean the U.S. Right. Okay, we stole it from the Native Americans. And if it's stolen, then it's illegitimate. Our country's illegitimate, and we got to start all over. That's well, why they won't celebrate the 4th of July. Right. What makes this dangerous, it's it's going beyond a discussion and debate level now. <clears throat> it's being put into public policy. I told you about this professor at the Air Force Academy. She writes this article for uh, New York Times. She says this systemic racism is going on inside the Air Force right now. She said there was a report that came out on disparities, quoting here from this story, in the Air Force and Space Force. She said black service members lag behind their white peers in promotion rates, but are overrepresented in disciplinary actions. Where have you heard that before? When Barack Obama was president of this country, he sent out a note to all school districts across the country. Let's just say you have a student population, 20% black, uh, 80% white. There cannot be any more than 20% of the population of the black population that face 20 percent of the disciplinary action cannot go beyond that 20 percent in other words if 35 percent of the cases involve black kids that's racism and we're going to stop funding you this is what this professor wants now in the air force if there are bad actors who happen to have black skin and it goes beyond a certain percentage over a certain period of time that's going to be classified as racism in the air force Well, let me just tell you, China and Russia are lifting their glasses to one another because this is going to gut the U.S. military. If this kind of stuff continues. If it continues, yeah. yeah. Yep. And what is this going to do to recruiting? Yeah, who wants to go into that mess? General Boykin at FRC mentioned this. He says this is going to really hurt recruitment for our military. All right. Thank you for joining us this hour. Steve Jordahl will be coming uh, on in just a few minutes, and we will continue our conversation on the news of the day. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.